Okay, if you could just give us a level check, that would be great. Ethan Seprin, Casey Dawson, Emery Lehman, Joey Mantia, Long Track Speed Skating, Bronze Medal, and Team You guys crushed it. Great job. I'm Elizabeth Beisel, two-time Olympic medalist, and I am jumping the press rope to take you inside the Athletes' Villages, some of the most interesting and exclusive places at the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games. We'll talk to athletes whose performances are pushing the medal count on snow and ice, discussing pretty much anything and everything but actually winning medals, because we want to go behind the scenes, and even Olympic heroes have to eat. Unfilter conversations from the ground about the daily experiences that make up the real athlete experience of the games. You know, like life and being in the village. Because it isn't all nail-biting pressure and medal ceremonies all the time. You can hear us in the headphones okay? Okay, we'll get started in three, two, one. First of all, congratulations. This is a podcast, so nobody can see anything, but I can see you guys, and you're wearing your new medals. Congratulations on that. Before you're at the ceremony and you're kind of like waiting in the back room to be announced to step on the podium, what is that like? Are you guys goofing off? You seem like you're a real fun group of people. Anything funny that happened before the ceremony um, or inside jokes that you have? Yeah, uh, we were like trying to figure out what we were going to do when we got onto the stage. Uh, I think we had a lot of contemplation what we were going to do, whether we hold hands, whether we don't hold hands, uh, <laughs> if we go like this or like that, and just like everything. We just decided like kind of on the spot what we did. And yeah. We're really trying to establish like height order, kind of. You know, <laughs> I mean, Casey and I are a little bit taller than me and Joey Every little bit, but a little bit. <laughs> we're trying to arrange so like I mean, it looked I mean, natural. I mean, it all I mean, worked out, but yeah, it was, it, was all... it was definitely much more relaxed than the racing. The race day, you go in so nervous and so tense, and you have two different rounds in one day. And you're just trying to stay focused, come up, come down, warm up, cool down, and you're trying to juggle all that. Then finally, the race is over. And once you catch your breath you have a chance to digest that and you get to really enjoy the experience after that. So being in the, in the waiting room to go out on the podium was kind of like a sigh of relief. Everybody gets to take a deep breath and go, we did it. All right, finally, let's, let's have a good time and enjoy this. Yeah. You talk about the nerves. Is there somebody that gets particularly nervous more so than the other? And then is there somebody that's kind of just like, chill, I'm ready. I'm good to go. Uh, yeah. We should rank this in order. Who's <laughs> the most it's... nervous to least nervous? What do you guys think? Yeah, do that. Rank rank in order for sure. Uh, I feel like whoever's leading is probably the least nervous because all they have to do is skate. That's it. It's the easiest yeah. job on the planet. And I feel like <clears throat> being in second is pretty nerve wracking because I'm going to get yelled at if I'm not pushing well <laughs> enough. So it's pretty nerve wracking to see how I feel and knowing that I have to push someone around for eight full laps. So that... I definitely um, grew up before and after races sometimes, um, which I was doing for like 20 minutes in between both of those races, mainly from pain. Um, puke and so rally. Puke and rally, as Ethan said. Yeah, for sure, Emery's the most nervous. I feel like Casey and myself are just floating around, <laughs> trying to stay focused on the task at hand because the leader really needs to hit the lines right and the track patterns right, and that's the main focus. 
and the engines just have to just suffer. That's really what it is. The two guys pushing are just suffering for eight laps. So you talk about that push, and it's such a cool technique because the Americans came up with it. It's literally named after you guys. Can you explain what it is, why it works so well, and are you finally used to like touching each other's butts for eight laps around the track? It's the only time I ever feel anything in life, honestly. It's the only reason I signed up for the TP. So feel somebody else's touch. Oh man, no, it's uh, it's interesting. So we started down this path a couple of years ago of wanting to get the TP gold at the Olympics and um, be the best in the world at it, and we partnered with the Specialized Crew, the bicycle company, and they have a really group, a really smart group of guys that work with the wind tunnel all the time and they understand aerodynamics and the importance of uh, pretty much the entire process that we're using for the team pursuit. And that's how they pretty much came up with the plan of yeah. having one leader the entire time, just looking at different uh, equations of, of drag coefficients, essentially when it comes to uh, aerodynamics. And, and they decided that if you change leaders, it's way slower. And we're like, okay, let's put one person in the front and go for it. And so uh, that we've been working on that, and I say we, mostly these three guys, the other three besides myself, this is Joey speaking, uh, work every day at pushing so they become remarkably efficient at it. And uh, I think the reason we're the best at it is we have two teams that can do just the same job, and uh, we have people that can do different uh, roles on the team. I can be in front or I can be in third and vice versa, and uh, we have a world record with one squad, and we have another like the second fastest time I ever skated in the other squad so I mean whatever we skate we have the fastest time either way and uh that's just why and we just spend so much time perfecting it as a group so yeah it's safe to say the first time we tried it too we were terrible yeah. like it <laughs> did not go well and I mean we just kept on I mean that was just part of the process we just kept on moving and I mean that's what us here today. Yeah, we uh, we have a debrief after every single effort, whether it be a practice, a race. We sit down and talk for at least 10 minutes about what we felt, what could have been better, what we liked. We watch the video and we've come up with uh, pretty much our strategies with the strategy. So the, the line we'd skate on the track, our entries, our exits, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, it's it's really cool to see that the rest of the world is like, okay, they're, they're onto something here. Yeah, you've like revolutionized a technique and debuted it. And now everybody is like, yep, Americans know what they're doing. It's pretty cool. I want to ask about like your kits that you're racing in the armbands. What are those about? And then also how come you guys are in helmets um, and other speed skaters are not? The team, any team events uh, or like a racing event, like the mass start requires a helmet. So all the team pursuit people will be in helmets, uh, but we wore time trial helmets because again, the specialized guys said, Hey, this helmet is way faster and we just trusted them because everything else they said was, was accurate to that point. So, uh, we got those, uh, helmets from a Rudy project and just ran with it. And it's interesting because it's definitely a learning curve skating in that helmet. You can't hear yourself skate. You can barely hear anything. It's, uh, when you're, when you're in second or third, the turbulence coming off the air turbulence coming off the person in front creates a lot of weird uh, noise underneath your helmet. And when you're in the front, it's just covering everything. So you don't really, have any reference for how fast you're going. I never realized how much I use my ears in speed skating to know how fast I'm going. So that was the learning curve as well. And that's something we had to get over uh, relatively recently. We haven't been in those helmets very long. 
Uh, but yeah. we all committed to it and, and ran with it because we thought it was the fastest. Yeah, first time we wore them, we're all just like, it sounds like a jet engine, like taking off, but we felt fast. Yeah. So we ran with it. Yeah. And we're just, it's just like a learning curve for all of us because, uh, I mean, we're used to skating in helmets where we can hear our skates and uh, also hear our coach yelling lap times. So we have to depend on the front person, like really controlling the pace and so forth uh, with those helmets on and um, and just, uh, just, Go with the flow, basically. Um, we're one big unit, and we're just breaking the wind together. So, yeah. That's so cool. What a fun fact. I would have never known that. When you guys are racing in team pursuit, is it ever? Is there ever a time where you actually overtake a team within the race? Because you're starting, obviously, on opposite sides of the track. Is there ever? It's pretty rare, but it's so nice when it starts to happen. Because one, if you can see your pair, you know you're cruising. That's for us. Uh, well, as soon as I saw the Dutch in the final round, I'm like, okay, just stay on your feet and we got a medal here. So that was very relieving. Yeah. But sometimes you don't know if the other team is pretty close. You don't have any idea other than the board your coach is giving you or you kind of keep an ear out for what the announcer is saying in terms of where the other team is. So, um, but yeah, every now and then you skate against a team that is just pretty far behind. And it's a huge advantage because it gives you the draft. They break up the air right in front of you for lap after lap after lap. So it could be up to a second faster, I think, in the race if you start to catch your pair and get yeah. close. That's uh, what happened in uh, our world record race. Uh, we actually caught up to the New Zealand team, and uh, it's just like very confidence-boosting that you're going that fast and you're catching the other team on the other side, and uh, it just really helps you mentally, and you're like, okay, just finish the race, and uh, we know we're on a good one, so yeah. That's so cool. For you guys living in the village, are all of you roommates how has it been, like, living together? Has there been anything that was, like, absolutely hilarious that has happened in the room that none of us would know about? I mean, we just have fun. I don't know. I mean, it's us, it's us four and our other teammate, Ian. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of fun. We're all pretty easygoing guys. We keep it probably pretty messy in the common area, and then other <laughs> people's rooms are messy or not messy, but... <laughs> yeah, we have 50-50 chance of messy or not. We have a running joke with uh, Ethan here. Uh, we take a picture of his room every day to see how messy it is each day. <laughs> yeah, we've got a live tracker. Yeah. <laughs> For the first three or four days, I was cleaning up the common area every morning before these guys were waking up. Because I'm old and I wake up early. That's just what we do when we get you know into our <laughs> mid-30s. And then I just gave up. I was like, this is I'm just going to lose this battle. So now... We have a mountain of stuff everywhere. <laughs> I love... It's the last cause. Yeah, I loved having co uh, college roommates, but the worst part was doing what Joey was doing. And now that um, I had that experience, and now that I'm back to rooming with these guys, I've learned to just not care. <laughs> don't. <laughs> so, like, I don't contribute to the mess, but I definitely am not doing what Joey's doing because I uh, learned my lesson for six years. Yeah. Reality, it's just a That's lot great. of water bottles, like half-empty water bottles. Yeah, that's the base days. <laughs> everyone has the same water bottle, and you drink, like, half of it, and you put it down, and, like, you know, we probably could be marking these things with our names or something, but obviously not, because we're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have other things on your plate. Yeah. Thanks, for Thanks for checking in. We're still a piece of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> people really underestimate how lazy we can oh, be. Yeah. Like... Well, like you're tired doing other things like winning Olympic medals. Yeah. Lastly, favorite thing that you've eaten in the dining hall? Oh. Salt. Uh, yeah, salt. I've <laughs> never appreciated soy sauce so much in my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're out of ranch dressing right now for the salads, and that's a kind of a heartbreaker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I think uh, it's not in the dining hall, but just the pizza at pizza has been a lifesaver because I'm used to eating pizza a lot back home. So it's, it's funny because our coach doesn't really know that Casey eats a pizza almost every day for lunch. <laughs> so we come here and we're like, he's like, you guys should get Pizza Hut for meddling. Casey's like, yeah, it's so good. And he's like, well, how do you know that? <laughs> and he's like, uh, uh, I don't know. Because I, I eat it a lot. <laughs> So maybe he won't listen to this, but if he did, Casey doesn't eat that much pizza. No. <laughs> no pizza for me. Well, guys, congratulations on winning bronze. What an incredible performance. Um, best of luck in your future, and thank you again for stopping by and talking to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Every four years, the world's greatest athletes compete for gold, and that time is now. The Winter Olympics on NBC and Peacock. 17 days of action, excitement, glory, and history in the making. Don't miss a single epic moment. The Winter Olympics continue tonight on NBC and Peacock.